some of you received uh, mysterious messages from me <laughs> earlier today. One of you replied, I'm, I'm so confused right now, to which I reacted, thumbs up. Another of you reacted, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm here for it, to which I reacted, thumbs up. Trevor didn't send anything back because, you know, I guess Trevor, he's yeah, over he's it. Over he was it. eating steak and potatoes. Um, but those are your characters for our introductory scene that we're about to play through. Um, and if you didn't receive anything in a message, then you're playing yourself. Ah. So let's let's jump right into the the adventure here. The year is 11,018. The darkening is more than a decade away, and a young Owlin Wadrier, still in the single digits of age, scrawny and bookish in his deep blue learner's tunic and trousers, is shirking his studies again for a game of hide-and-seek with his best friend, Makar Pedrin. Now, after the cheap trick Makar pulled last time, simply following you around as you searched for him, you know you gotta teach him a lesson. And to do it, you've decided that you're gonna sneak through the lobby of the Aos Lore Foundation Guild Hall, which sits exactly halfway up the floating library into territory you've never been to before. This top half of the tower is only for guild initiates. You know it's off limits, and you know that if someone catches you, it'll be trouble, but you've got to win. And I you're believe pretty confident that this is a calculated actual, risk. Yeah, the actual guild members, they'll probably be too busy working to chase you very far, even if they do spot you. You have just ascended the marble staircase that spirals the walls of the lobby, and this area of the guild hall is split. At the center, about 30 feet in diameter, is a stack of circular rooms with thick glass walls. Within, artificers appear to be conducting experiments of some kind. These testing chambers are accessed by small bridges, only a few feet long, which extend out over empty air to join the stairs that continue to spiral vertically upwards around the outside of the tower. However, where the stairs used to border solid wall, there are now workrooms extending out past the stairways as well. And in these workrooms, creatures of all kinds sit at small work desks with scribes tools, performing the delicate work of transcribing, duplicating, and restoring various manuscripts from the library that you have just left behind. Owlin, what do you do? How will you hide? Oh, golly gee. This is quite a conundrum. I, I've never been up here. I, I don't... I didn't know exactly how to get farther than this. Um... Is there any way, because I believe that he will be following me up the stairs behind me, correct? Like, I think that he will. Yeah, he's probably okay. right. I mean, not right on your heels, but you're pretty sure he will have figured out the jig quickly because there are only so many hiding spots in a tower. Sure. <laughs> um, well, if I only need to hide, because he's taking a similar risk to I, as I, like, as I am to get up, I don't. Do I think that he'll have the courage to open up one of these doors as I might if I were to like go into the artificer room and like just like hide behind something convenient? After the cheap trick he just played on you, you think there is no low to which he will not stoop. Mm, interesting. Between the artificers and the people transcribing who look the, mo the most engrossed in their work and maybe if some little guy came into their place of, of work, they would maybe just go, ah, I need to finish my work anyway. I don't care. For sure, the transcriptionists, they're like bent over parchments and stuff, whereas the, the experiments are, you know, like they're moving around and taking notes from different angles and stuff like that. Alan will uh, approach the transcribing room as casually as he can, um, as if he's trying to, like, he's, it's like, take your son to work day and he's just like, like the closest one basically <laughs> yeah yeah okay. he's just like you know he's just like well and then he's gonna try to um see if he can just position himself 
casually in a way that you he can't be viewed from the from like the the you know the window from coming up the stairs okay so you basically are making your way it's like an eighth turn around the marble okay. staircase yeah before you get to the first of these work rooms that extends off to your right okay and uh trevor i'd like you to roll a dexterity save please Alrighty. That'll be a nine. So, Alan, you find the perfect spot to hide. You're not too visible, but you're not in anyone's way. No adults seem to have noticed you. Nice. And right as you lean back against the wall to kind of, you know, nook into a little corner, you realize that that's actually a door, like a second door into the workroom, and it opens behind you. And uh, an elf woman who is on her way out, arms laden with scrolls, nearly trips and loses them all. She's able to save them. Um, and turns to you quite affronted. Uh, how, how dare you? What are you doing up uh, here? I, I'm trying to find uh, my dad. Yes, my dad. <laughs> who, who's your dad? Let me take him. I'll take you to uh, him so uh, he can scold you. My dad is uh, Lars uh, Durkin. You are very aware that there's no one of that name in the tower. Um... Yes, that's it, Lars Durkin. Oh, there is no one of that name that works here. Uh, well, uh, perhaps I, what are you I may just be completely lost. Um, if, if you could guide me, um, to, to somewhere where I could, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, talk to someone who, who knows where, how, how moment, can I leave? From your position, uh, an eighth of the way up the stairs around, uh, this, this scribe's legs, you can see at the bottom of the stairs, you see Makar's hair poke up like at the entrance and he has like snuck his way into the lobby. He hasn't looked up yet. He too is like, whoa, there's all these things here, but he's now, he's like a little ways below you. Uh, yes, if you could just, just lead me to the exit. That would be perfect. And Alan's going to attempt to hide I- behind her like sure see because he's he's a, he's a little child yeah <laughs> um just roll a straight d20 okay 12 okay Makar rolled an eight so he goes Let's looking go. for you in one of, he thinks you're in one of the experiment rooms because he knows you're so like fascinated by machinery it's true so he's like he would be in there hiding and so he's trying to like get an angle through the glass so right now he's not looking your way you can go up or down but if you go down you'll still have to pass him in the open lobby space the lobby is this way. What are you, what are you I, doing? I, the lobby is I, this I, way. Well, perhaps we can find... I might get a better view from up here to see where I, where I need to go. Um, perhaps we could uh, go this way. Uh, no, you can't go up that Alan way. Is just gonna, Forbidden for Alan children. Alan is just going to try to walk up that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far too busy for this, darn kids. And she continues walking downstairs. Ooh, yes, let's go. Oh, a good escape. You make your way further up. The, <laughs> yeah. you, you make your way up the the marble staircase, almost five stories um, of this open chambered work area, basically where there's all these different experiments happening in the center, and then there's things happening at the bottom. You do notice you're you know four or five stories up before you look down again, and you can see that Makar has started to make his way up the stairs, although he's mm. checking in the windows of each room, so he's moving a little bit more slowly than you. Mm. He's still probably on the second story uh, and you're up in the fourth or fifth um, in front of you is a double sided wooden door marked cafeteria. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go in there. Mm-hmm. You push open the door to the cafeteria and you find basically a long, like a, a wide mess hall. It's the full 80 feet width of the tower. There are long, um, 
cafeteria style tables, but these ones are slightly curved so that they fit the circle of the tower mm-hmm. instead of being long like a rectangular one would be. And right now there's not that many people in here. It's not quite the lunch hour yet. And so the tables are mostly deserted. There are a few kitchen staff who are, you know, like kind of setting out placemats and things like that, just basically preparing for lunch hour. But you Mm. do see one human that you recognize who is in the, on the far side of the room from you by the other entrance, presumably the one that staff would use to come down uh, from the barracks, which I guess are higher up than you are because you haven't seen him yet. Mm -hmm. And he's over there eating very hurriedly. Um, He's eating a, a quick lunch and you actually recognize him as Mr. Baxter, one of your lecturers. Mm. And he hasn't seen you yet, but you know if he catches you, it'll be lines till your wrists fall off. Interesting. Hmm. Is there, okay, the serving area for, like, the cafeteria workers, is there, like, do they stand behind something in order to serve the food? Yeah, there's, like, a food, like, a, a cafeteria line, yes. Okay. Um, Alan is going to attempt to sneak behind that and like see if there's like a cupboard or something that he can try to hide in you sneak behind that and you don't no one spots you but you do you can hear as you do that uh mr baxter seems to be muttering something to himself and kind of he's behaving weirdly is there do i have to get closer to hear it blessed little thing with the wings and you're flittering all around possibly bust into a fire you can start to make out what he's saying as you get closer suddenly it's around here somewhere i could probably go out the back door but if it comes through the windows then we might be able to subdue the explosion mechanics and oh there's fire involved and we'll have to see how maybe we could get a sprig of a bit of my toast maybe to put it out i don't know jeez um alan is gonna like does okay What's the background on this guy? <laughs> uh, Mr. Baxter is one of your lecturers. He teaches I, one of your most I know, fascinating but like, classes, he, actually. He is, teaches about artifice, okay. uh, and he does a lot of like prototype buildings himself. Um, he's one of the foremost experts on certain types of constructs, but as far, I mean, as, as a younger, you're basically like a youngling at this stage, right? Yeah. So to him, he's like, well, he's a teacher who knows a bunch of stuff. I have no idea how much he knows. Um, and your relationship with him is only professional, like in the lecture hall. It's not like you've interacted that much one-on-one. Uh, although there was that one time when you accidentally like broke something and he came over and fixed it during one of your labs, you know? Okay. Um, so like he sort of knows who you are cause he's fixed it there. Um, but what's really unfortunate about this situation is that when he finishes eating, he starts looking around, like, even though he probably has no idea that you're in the room, but he starts looking around as if he's looking for someone hiding. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check, Mr. Baxter. Where and Alan, roll me that d20 around here for somewhere. Uh, your stealth. It's a 10. What am I going to do with a 10? Only got a 6. Ten. Okay. So That's as he's looking around, enough. you're like peeking out so confused and then like you lock eyes with Mr. Baxter from across the cafeteria. He's on the other side and suddenly he's spotted you. Hey, hey, you there. Uh, it's not it's not lunch hour yet. I, it, are you are you ditching classes? I, I, I come over here. right Alan now. is just going to dash for the door. <laughs> oh, we got a runner. <laughs> Wait, come back here. Um, Alan is going to uh, get out from the like behind the little food area. He's going to run for the door, but while he's doing so, he's gonna try to move one of the one of the the stools at the tables like behind him. He's like he's gonna try to like move stuff behind him, and then 
Like if there's there's a couple chairs in front of him and he's small enough that he can like dive underneath underneath them instead of having to move them out of his way. And then he gets to the door. All right. So Mr. Baxter, you see uh, Alan has to cross the whole room here. So he's he's made it a little bit of the way and he's dove underneath some chairs. What are you doing? I think Mr. Baxter <laughs> is going to, uh, to drop his sandwich, grab one of the cafeteria chairs by the leg and just hurl it across <laughs> the room. at him. Yo, okay. <laughs> roll the hit. That is an 11. Uh, Alan, baby Alan's <laughs> AC from under a chair. Uh, just roll a deck save instead, Alan. So that's, you just have no mods right now. Okay. Make it a contested roll. So Nine. just roll a d20. Yeah, we'll make it a contested. Oh, so the chair whams into oh. Alan's back as he slides under the chair. And, Thought you were being uh, wily, were you? Think you could just like run away? <laughs> Alan is freaked out. He did not expect like this whatsoever. Like what he was saying was already like kind of sounded crazy, but this is like, is Mr. Baxter like a danger to the, like to like to everyone in this room right now? Like what's going on? (laughs) Alan's only goal is to get back to Makar and be like, Mr. Baxter trying to kill me. From where you're standing, Mr. But because you were like making a beeline for the other door, um, Mr. Baxter is like between you and the door you entered through. I went past him to hide, basically. Yes. Got it. So you are okay. now closer to going up in the tower. Oh, mm, a conundrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I, I don't think I can make it past him. No, he just threw a chair. I guess you. I'll have to go he up. just got decked yeah, by a chair. Guess, don't get closer I, to him. I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go up, I think, then. Okay, I'll change directions. I'll, like, skid. Like, you know how, like, in, like, cartoons or comedies, like, you, you know, character will, like, kind of skid to a halt and then turn around? Yeah. That's what, that's Your what legs, Alan like, does. Your pinwheel in place for a few seconds, then a little puff yep. of smoke comes out behind you he as actually, you shoot off he actually, he actually hits a table and knocks over someone else's food in, in the stopping process. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then, and then turns the right around. Time, you can do the Mario Kart wheel jump. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're booking it the other way. Uh, Mr. Baxter, he's probably too far to throw anything at at this point. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. So Mr. Baxter just runs and dives towards him. And he's like, you're not getting away from me that quickly. Come back here. He's got the edge on you. So Mr. Baxter, you're going to have to roll dexterity to try and catch him as he escapes. Alan, roll your d20 with advantage. You are a little child. And anyone who's who's been around a two-year-old uh, or any children knows those they're, they're wily. I only got a 10. I rolled a 16. Dang. So, so Mr. Baxter like runs and he's like, he like leaps over, over the cafeteria benches and he like drops his sandwich that he's been like eating on this whole time. <laughs> and he like just picks up like another sandwich that was like on the table and like finishes like eating it. And he like dives out. And, and as he jumps towards Owlin, he snatches like right by behind Owlin's head and you hear a little and you see him like, pull towards him this little mechanical dragonfly and he's like ha ha you weren't thought you were going to get away from me and he just turns around and starts walking away Hmm. like like he wasn't really focusing on alan wait (laughs) alan oh you successfully make it through the door in front of you and into the next marble um well it's not just a marble staircase at this point let me tell you what you see next so beyond the cafeteria you climb just a half a flight of stairs running from the freak that is Mr. Baxter, who uh, well, I don't know what was going on with him, but something was messed up with Mr. Baxter. You climb a half a flight of stairs past there and you find yourself at a closed wooden door marked barracks. Now, these sleeping quarters, like the workrooms below, are contained in a central pillar of rooms, 30 feet in diameter, several stories high. 
However, no more stairs go up the outer reaches of the tower. Instead, the outer section of the tower is also walled off with several signs marked storerooms. As you stand there, uncertain where to go next, you hear a woman's voice go, it's just at the top of their shelves. It's, don't knock anything over. Um, Alan's going to try to find the voice because at this point, he's actually worried about Mr. Baxter and is wanting to tell someone about that. Like, he doesn't care about the hide and seek anymore. No, 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 no. Uh, you go to the towards left. the voice and you to find it. Yeah. Yeah. No, other left. Uh, uh, ma'am. But who said that? Uh, me down here. <laughs> the same height i am <laughs> oh oh uh it's me um i'm i'm sorry i got lost what are you doing here i got lost playing with my friend and i ran do you know mr baxter I, of course i know mr baxter I, I i ran into him in the cafeteria and he he seemed unwell and i i just needed to tell let someone know i don't i don't mm-hmm. i don't think he's doing well um, and, uh, and I need I need to find my way back to my friend. Yes, and you need to find your way back in a tower that you're not allowed in. Uh, yes, I, I I apologize. I we were just playing and it got it got out of hand. I, I I'm sorry. Um, but I just I just need to hmm. I need to get back and and I think Mr. Baxter needs help. Well, I might be able to help you. So you, uh, that would be as the adult in this situation. I think that would be helpful. Yes. <laughs> I can't walk away right now. I'm a little too busy. No, other left. A little too busy right now. I'm trying to pack up these things, okay, for the Lunas. But I might be able to help you win this game. Uh, I I I <laughs> won't lie to you. I I don't care as much about the game oh, don't anymore. Don't worry as... about Baxter. Baxter's always saying crazy stuff. You're fine. Is, is that is that normal for him? Is he? That is, is that... very normal. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. Now, who's this friend you're playing with? What does he look like? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm completely comfortable sharing those details with you necessarily. I ain't no snitch. Well, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. You got me there. Well, listen. If you want a good hiding spot. If you look straight up there at the top of that shelf, all right, there is an old vent there for smoke ventilation. Should the Mm. place set on fire, which, I mean, hasn't happened in the last decade, so I think you'll be fine. Behind this gnome woman, there is a a slate that says this storeroom hasn't had an incident in one (laughs) day's. And and if if you see someone about my height come in, you promise you won't tell them I'm there. I promise. Okay. I, how do I how do I get up there? I just climb. Just climb. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you can do it. You're a kid. Alan will start climbing up. He's just kind of in this state of like I don't know what's going on but this is happening um <laughs> becky becky get over here um he'll he'll climb up into the vent and uh close it after him and kind of peek you know have his eyes peeking out a little bit but yeah roll it yeah uh roll a d20 just for how intense the climb is you make it up either way you don't fall okay 15 okay yeah so with a 15 i mean you're a lightweight little scrawny kid so like scrambling up a bookshelf is actually pretty easy for you um, you climb around some crates and boxes and you see all sorts of interesting things with weird labels on them that don't really make any sense and runes and languages you don't speak. And then you, um, 
climb up to this little vent and sure enough, it's just big enough for like a small child or a gnome to fit through. You slide through and you find yourself on the roof of the Aoslor Foundation Tower. Oh, the wind whipping at you was a little startling and brisk, but you're not in any danger. It's not like you're scared. I mean, this is super wide. We're still talking 80 feet in diameter. There's Mm -hmm. a nice safety wall around the side. All around you are scattered puffs of cloud on a backdrop of brilliant blue. The safety wall is actually too high for a child of your height to see over, so you have no sense of how high up you are. It's more like being adrift at sea, but in the sky. And the roof Mm. itself is smooth marble with five raised plinths in a circle around it. Displayed prominently on each plinth is a sculpture representing thunder, moon, rain, lightning, or wind, the sacred elements of the Gomteun Church. And leaning against the wind sculpture, watching you with piercing emerald eyes, is a human making what must be an incredibly expensive suit in the deep blue of the ALF look casual. On his wrist is a mechanical timekeeper, small and intricate and fascinating, and a pair of dark-lensed goggles hang loose around his neck. There is some quality about this guy that just emanates cool to young Owlin. What is it that Owlin would see in this guy that is just like, that is the peak of cool? If he's got gadgetry that's moving around and whirring and whizzing, and he isn't even looking at it, like it's like, this is just a part of the thing that I'm wearing, but it's cool and it's, and it's doing stuff on its own. That's cool to Owlin. Yeah. So, so, and he does, he never seems to check the time. He has this time mm-hmm. piece on, never checks the time. Totally yeah. confident. He just has it because he's yeah. got it and he made it. Yeah. And he, as he catches you now sizing him up as well, he says, What brings a youngster like you the whole way up here? Pretty clever coming through the vent. Uh, I, I, I do wish I could take credit for that. Um, a, a, a gnome, uh, woman down there, very interesting lady, uh, gave me that idea. But, uh, uh, it sounds um, somewhat uh, childish, um, which, albeit I am totally a child, acceptable uh, coming from a child uh, such as yes. yourself. Um, hide and seek. <laughs> hide and seek. Amazing. Yes. And you thought to come the whole way up here. What kid would look this high? What a great idea. I I, I appreciate the the credit. However, I was um, somewhat. Forcefully convinced to come up this high by one of my teachers throwing a chair at me. Uh, I'm sure he meant no real harm by it, but it was quite frightening and caused me to continue up the stairs. Was it Mr. Baxter? Yes, he, he seemed to be acting out of the ordinary to me. However, uh, the gnome woman down there uh, seemed to say that that's quite what he acts like outside the classroom. Mr. Baxter recently lost a prototype construct butterfly that he was building, and he hasn't yet solved the problem where it combusts if it flies on its own for too long, and he thinks I don't hmm. know, so he's trying to like find it and fix it before I find out. In- interesting. Do, do, you, do you mind if I ask who you are, perchance? What if I show you instead? I have a feeling that your friend is coming up the stairs. And at that very moment from the, through the vent, you hear Makar's voice echo up to you in the same kind of pompous way that he's always had. I know you're up there, Owlin. I'll be there soon and there'll be nowhere to hide. And you hear like, you know, little, little hands climbing things. And he goes, come here, come here, check this out. And you walk over to the man in the deep blue suit and he puts an arm around your shoulders and suddenly his arm begins to enlarge and the rest of him begins changing sizes until suddenly you are Whoa. clasped in the talons of a black dragon and Garlow flaps his wings twice, launches up into a cloud above the tower so that you can see down, but you are hidden by the mist of the cloud. Just Whoa. as Makar comes onto the roof, 
looking around for you. And he's like, Ow, Owlin, how did you do this? This is ridiculous. Do you know how many rules I had to break to come up here? And you're not even here to find. And next to you, Garlil just kind of chuckles quietly. And you, you like are so surprised by it that you like shut your eyes tight and open them to see if this is a dream. And when you open them, your feet stand on prairie grass. In front of you, nearly undamaged despite everything, that same rooftop stares back at you from the ruin where the ALF tower fell. If the plinths hadn't broken off in the impact, you could almost believe you were back in that cloud with the wind whipping Mm. your hair and your friend Makar shocked and defeated soundly below. But you're not in the clouds anymore. And this time, you've got the chance to repay Garlil for that favor he did all those years ago. And you know what that means. It means it's story time at the Wing Badger Tavern. We'll be right back, chat. Banger. Sunir. Gontos. Kotex. Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kalnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Welcome back to the table. Let's meet our players, starting with Matt. Uh, hello? My name is Matt, and I play the rogue Changeling Fox. And there is no sinkhole today. Hello! I'm Wash, and I play the wizard, dirt, molefolk, Jebediah Peppermint. There is no sinkhole tonight. Hello, I play, I'm Jake, and I play Alan. <laughs> I've never gotten any of these right on the first time ever. Um, the Azimar Barbarian uh, Artificer, and uh, I don't know, there could be a sinkhole tonight. We'll see. Thanks for that play, I mean Jake. <laughs> I'm Trevor, I play Zothkug, the orc cleric who is no longer a pacifist um and i'm gonna double down and say there will be a sinkhole today (laughs) and i'm josh your wing badger game master and i'm still i'm still waffling on whether there's gonna be a sinkhole or not tonight but if there is one it'll be me who makes it happen because i do all the exposition (laughs) on the world so stay tuned we'll see if we can work a sinkhole into tonight's adventure all right you lovely folks are standing outside the fallen eos lore foundation tower It is late afternoon. You've finished your last day of travel through the Northern Wilds, and you are now staring at this giant tower top. What are we doing? Hey, Alan, man. Uh, yes? Were you here when this fell? My friends were, and I was not, which is part of why um, the falling of it is quite... Traumatic to me, uh, in some ways. Um, Zoth, Zoth is just gonna hug you. Oh, I'm gonna pat Owlin on the calf. Um, pat, pat. I'm sorry, man. I, I, it's okay. Just wanted to add, um, sorry to kind of break up the moment. Um, Jeb's rod is not gonna cause weird things to happen here, right? Are we about to walk into a death trap? Uh, that, that shouldn't be ruled out necessarily. Um, we, I guess, in in many ways, we don't know what Jeb's rob, rod will do in places of high 
magical con like previous magical concentration or I guess even in the proximity of an avatar. Mm. I take the rod out and I would like point it at it and I like wave it around. <laughs> nope, doesn't do anything. Yeah, nothing seems to happen. It's still the same direct unwavering sunlight beating down on you constantly. Still nowhere to sit. Same old barren sky above. You can see distantly to the southwest, the Cavarite Mountains you've left behind, the quicksand flats behind you. So we're like on the edge of a precipice, right? Basically. Like on the, on the edge of a yeah, cliff. Yeah, so the tower, when it impacted the ground, it impacted vertically and then fell 45 degrees to the side after basically shunting the ground downwards. So it made its own huge crater and then leaned to the side and that's how its impact finished. So most of the like pile of rubble is in this, you know, it's about the height of the tower. So almost, almost 11 stories tall. Um, and that's what, yeah, that's the situation. So basically the tower roof is looking at you from the side, but you would have to either go all 80 shins up and down the top of it. If you wanted to go down without going inside or find a way in and go through the ruins of the tower, which will all be at 45 degrees. Um, way off in the distance further east of you, you can see the silhouette of the fallen peak of Zanir blocking out basically everything mm. towards the horizon. Alan will point at, at the fallen peak of Zanir and say, uh, now that that is where I was actually born and, and raised. The library is more of where I was schooled. I've only heard stories about this place. So that like used to float up in the sky, huh? Uh, yes, yes. Um, and quite easily accessible by a lot of my brethren who have wings you know as uh, you may yeah. have seen um my wings that are ethereal and sprout only when i rage a lot of uh my friends family um have physical wings um that they would use to access the the area um but yes no it was a quite a a beautiful place to be to be sure mm. well would you rather go through or over i i may need a refresher do we know exactly where I this avatar is around the, the tower or buried right like towards the center right is that is that the best we know in the vision you saw that he was like beneath a stone ceiling basically in a dark space but you i okay. mean you wouldn't mm. know how far down or whatever but it's presumable oh. that he's at the bottom i mean okay sweet sweet underground <laughs> yes i mean in in that way it does play to some of our party's advantages um do do we think that I, I believe it may be best to find the easiest accessible entrance that is closer to the ground as we can, you know, safely assume that he's, you know, further down. Um, so that way we can avoid any treacheries that involve like going from the top of the tower all the way down, if that makes sense. Unless that is the only way we must go. What if we get in the cipher truck and just drive it and jump it off and land it on top of the tower with uh, do we have we have Featherfall? Is that correct? I think we do. Or I no. can't remember if you got Featherfall or not. I'll In check. That, I think you did. Here, I'll, I'll check this. I'll check the user manual. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the glove box. <laughs> Why do they never put gloves in the glove box? Have you ever run? It's like everything's in there but gloves. Why does it when, name when, the glove well, box? When it, when it gets to wintertime. I don't know. It's weird. I, ju I, I tend to put, well, I, I guess I haven't had a fancy carriage like this that has a glove box, really. Um, but uh, I would expect that maybe when it gets colder, closer to the the wintry oh, seasons, I, I could put that's where my food from sense. last night went. I left it in the glove box. <laughs> Get that out yeah, of there! Don't keep food icebox. there, man. It'll stink. It's the perfect spot. Oh man, the manual smells now. What'd Gross. you leave in there this time? 
Well, you, you know what we had last night? Well, we had cheese last night. Yeah, I just took a little bit of cheese, wrapped it up, uh, used my own, you know, Fox's special herbs and... Nope, you're cleaning it this time. <laughs> you did get Featherfall. It's 10 wingle digits per use. Uh, see, um, here it is hmm. under F <laughs> for fall. So we could just like drive it feather. off full barrel and feather fall down on top of it. That that would that work be for fun, me. Man. To clarify, the roof of the tower extends up. Like you would have to drive up the 80 shins at 45 degrees somehow mm. in order to like ramp off the top of it. Does it have four wheel drive? Because the tower made the crater. So there's no space around it, if that makes sense. Well, what I interpreted this as is we simply drive off the edge of this precipice to the bottom of the crater and attempt to find an entrance near the base of the tower. That's what I'm saying is there's no space around the tower. Like the tower made the crater by slamming into the ground. So So like the, we just see the, the top of the, the tower. The hole is the exact exactly okay. poking out. Ah, there's no there's no wider crater. How much does the tower mm-hmm. go above ground level? Um you are looking at probably 50 shins of like above ground level because it's on a slope you know so it's like the full 80 shin diameter of the roof is is exposed but it's probably more like 50 shins and is there any is there any chasm like or pit between us and like the edge of this tower or could we like walk up and like touch the tower you could walk up. okay well let's just park the cypher truck here and i don't know we can climb it i mean it's at a it's at an angle we could just go around the backside and and climb up it's at a 45 degree angle and it's like stone that shouldn't be too incredibly difficult let's not uh burn any sunlight then and fox goes forward yes i mean we're about to not be in sunlight so yeah um soth i'd rather not be stuck in i understand the spirit in which he he i'm just saying i'm not gonna be stuck in an abandoned (laughs) probably haunted tower that has trauma written all over it in the middle of the night. We spent more time doing things that were far easier. So I, I, I don't want you to get your hopes up. I'm not sure how to process that sentence. So I'm going to ignore that. What a roast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add a die to the tension. Al- Alan's going to pat both of you guys on the back. Like just like, all right. Uh, well, uh, I, I say let's let's start the climb. Onwards and downwards, man. Uh, upwards first and then downwards, yes. Athletics from each of you to climb up. You can roll with advantage because it's only a 45 degree slope, but because it's rubble, there's still like sharp edges and stuff to navigate around. I rolled two 12s. Can you believe it? I can believe it. <laughs> I got a 15. I rolled a 7 and a 16. So I got 16. a 10 because I have a 12. I'm t- too worried right. about the ghosts. Yep, Fox, you are not able to find a good handhold to start your climb on right away. And as you're sitting on the ground, sort of pretending like you're looking for somewhere to start or like limbering up, but really you're just procrastinating. Totally what Fox would um, do. You, you notice that there are some footprints on the ground um, at the base of the tower that are not your own. Hmm. It looks like maybe some horses and some kind of bipedal creature, like a you know humanoid type footprints, um, walked slowly around here somewhat recently, maybe last night, maybe a couple days ago, something like that. Um, and although they walked around slowly, they sprinted hey, away. Uh, guys, uh, you might want to stop climbing yeah, for a second. Um, what, what are you doing all the way back there, man? I, I was, I was, I had to stretch. You, you know, you don't want to start a climb until you've stretched. Yeah. Anyway, that's not the point. Not the point. Ignore that. All right. Um, I am seeing some traces that somebody else was here before us recently. And I think something might have How scared them off. We might have scared them off, maybe. I don't know. <sighs> Within the last 24 hours? It's 
it's somewhat possible that there are um, creatures that have moved into I, these ruins. Um, I, I, I somewhat doubt them to looks be like a, undead, as there was some loss of life by the falling of the library, but it wasn't as severe due to like the ability to like people to escape whether with flying with their wings or with magic but alan i don't think it's a creature i think it, it was a, a scout or something like there's a horse tracks and i'm seeing some foot like some boot prints that's that's what i mean as far as like what scared them away could have been a creature um, oh but i'm i'm not i guess i'm not I, well, don't, I have you know, as little certainty I, maybe as you I do. should just stay down here, you know, make sure... Do you need help, you know, Nobody's going to take our cart. No, no. Be fine. You, you know, I just... Throw some rope down. I, I, I need more time to limber up, you know? I just... I need to limber up just a bit more. Looking at this objectively, Fox, you fought an abolith. I don't think that any <laughs> little creatures, uh, you know, abiding in this ruin would be that... No, no, difficult it's, of it, or or at least not that traumatic traumatic of a challenge. I'm not worried about that. Of course not. I would He's never. No, about I'm, I'm worried. Are you about worried about it? The, the 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 horseman. I forgot about Fox's deathly fear of heights until right now, but this totally <laughs> plays into it. <laughs> it's so funny. No, it's, it's it's probably like the you know the horseman. You know he he could still be around. What if we're the ones just shift shift some claws, be, man. Or like two more legs, Fox man, or two more arms. We can tie to each yeah. other that way. You know, none saying, of us get hurt. You know, I don't want myself falling and being I, injured. I have to watch the cart. You know, that's what I'm. Somebody has to watch the cart. Yeah, it is quite weird that like we've there's been multiple times that we've just kind of left the cart without supervision, especially with how expensive it is. It's because we do this, and Jeb clicks the fob, and it goes weep weep. It's locked. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that part. We could also but look into hiring someone to do that. Perhaps that could be that could be a good thing to do, but I Fox, I do believe that like freeing the avatar all four of us is more important than like making sure making like double checking that the cart isn't well, tampered I'm with. Well, I'm I just just need a bit more stretching. Uh, I'll, I'll catch up, guys. Don't worry. Uh, wait, uh, Alan, did you go down towards Fox? Alan kind of stayed where he was at oh, and kind okay. of talked back to him. You, you guys can uh, just, yeah, I'll, I'll catch up. I, I got Fox a good man, hold right tie here. This we'll rope to you. yourself. Uh, you, you guys don't have to wait. Zoth is going to throw some rope down. Tie this to yourself. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. <sighs> if you want to just climb the rope, you can just roll with advantage, Matt. All right. <laughs> a, a rogue with a rope is like all, I, you almost don't even have to roll. Zoth like, is, is the anchor. <laughs> Zoth, take the wheel. Um, I roll a six with advantage. Yeah, bro. Dang. <laughs> All right, Josh, I have an idea. Okay. So seeing seeing Fox struggle, Zoth ties the rope around his waist and just starts like running down the backside, <laughs> using his weight to just pull Fox up. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you guys ever uh, seen Mission Impossible Three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna preemptively roll decks to not just get beamed in the face and and get pelted by the rubble. Uh, and I rolled a nat twenty. Let's go. So you actually jump once and then Zoth <laughs> runs and you're in the air the whole way up and then you just like latch Zoth, on like doing? a little June bug onto the like exactly where you want to be. So you're like right next to Owlin now and the rest of your climb is smooth. Zoth, it's easy for you to get back now that you've like found your footing. Um, the rest of you are climbing quite easily and smoothly. I intended to do that. Um, Owlin, you find the um, vent that you came through before in the Aww. impact. It seems to have widened like, you know, because it was an open space on the stone roof. And so in the impact, some of the other space around it kind of cracked off. And it's actually now big enough that you could crawl back in that way if you wanted to. 
it, I, it may be it may be farther up the tower than maybe we were originally uh discussing as far as like finding an easy entrance um but uh there's a vent ventilation shaft here that i've actually navigated before um that seems to have opened quite a bit we could we could enter this way okay let's go i you know uh how how deep is it? This would avoid more. Well, I mean, this would avoid more height issues as far as like climbing the outside of the tower. Uh, if that's if that's your problem. No, uh, no, that Fox. was never. Why would I start you say to push that? Fox on the? Butt. I mean, it, just not, an observation. Come on, let's go. I I think your observations. Ah, so uh, Owlin leads the way. Owlin, you lower yourself through the familiar vent, and it's it's sort of it's that sense of deja vu that you probably should have expected, but you got distracted in all the lead up to it. Um, there's no lighting at all in this space, except for the sh single shaft of light coming through the vent behind you. Mm. Um, you can see collapsed shells, scattered wood box fragments, broken machinery and equipment all around you. There's enough of a pile of rubble that it's not like you need to drop down, but it will still be like slow going as far as like picking your way over things and trying not to hurt yourself. Um, you can hear your own like actions are all magnified and echoing back to you. Every time you kick something, it goes doom, doom, doom in the distance because this is so tall of a space. This was four stories tall of storage. And so this whole area that's now just this collapsed, it's like a more storage, the, tall. the room of hidden things in Harry Potter. It's like that, you know, it's just this mm -hmm. big endless expanse of piles of, of detritus from the impact. You can smell the broken wood of all these crates. You can smell the corroded rust of the metal equipment that's broken and you can taste the stale air in the room where it hasn't moved for, you know, three years now. Um, it's about 60 degrees Fahrenheit inside. It's chillier because of the shade, but you're not so far from the sun that it's like cold, cold. You know, you're still able to move without any kind of impact. Um, and yeah, you you lead the way uh, in. Home sweet home. The rest of you follow behind him and you see all the things I just described, except that Owlin is kind of leading you forwards. Um, as you get to the base of this pile of rubble, you realize, like all of you realize, a half second too late, that this storeroom probably did house a bunch of magical equipment. All of you roll me a dexterity save as the weave comes into contact with a bunch of magical things that have fallen and broken and all kinds of things. Fox is never unprepared. I got a 22. 12 for me. You got a 13. Also a 13. All right. Fox, you successfully dive to the ground and nothing happens to you. The rest of you will only take half damage. Um, the first thing that the weave comes into contact with is a single broken piece of wood at the very last second as it's about to happen. Jeb, you recognize it as a wand of magic missile. And so as the weave activates it, it expels all 10 charges in random directions oh, no. throughout the warehouse. The 10 charges hit all kinds of different things and different effects happen. I have a chart here of the things that can happen. What I'm going to yeah. do is roll down the line for what happens to each of you. There are 10 of these, so let's see what happens. All right, the first one. <laughs> Fox, uh -oh. you are... Um, you don't take any damage because this didn't have very much damage to begin with, but a shelving unit just absolutely collapses towards you. And so you dive out of the way of this shelving unit. At the same time as that happens, Jebediah, you turn both invisible and blind for one round. <laughs> you just like, so the rest of you can't see Jeb and Jeb can't see anything. Um, okay. We have uh, Zothkug. You get two actions as a 
potion jar shatters near you and some of the oil speeds you, speeds up your action. You feel like haste has been cast upon you. <laughs> so you can do two things. We'll come back to find out what they are in just a second. Owlin, you have resistance to all damage for one round. So as <laughs> Owlin just feels like he's raging. Yeah, so all this stuff that's exploding around you is like bouncing off of you and you're just like, feels good. Uh, <laughs> it's like the debris is rolling off of you. Um, okay, tell me what each of you are going to do as these things go off and then we'll do the next four magic effects. Uh, I am, I'm crawling underneath that shelf that just collapsed. Is everybody okay? Where are you at? Where'd you? Did we get transported? I'm, I think we got Jim, teleported. Where are you? No, we did what? not. <laughs> Jeb, where where'd I'm, you I'm go? Right where? No, I'm going. I'm going to wander in a you. random direction with my hands out in front of me because I presume that like a darkness spell just got cast or something. Well, roll any die. We're just going evens and odds. Uh, Trevor, is it even or odd that's going to? He sets off another magical effect. Even. Got an eight. Also, we got a boon from Belly in the chat. Mm. Awesome. You got a boon, so I'll only roll on the half of the table that are positive mm -hmm. magical effects. Yay. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, <laughs> okay, Jeb, for the next three minutes, you are surrounded by a faint aura of music. What genre of music surrounds <laughs> Jeb for the next three minutes? What's playing? Oh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's something that's like... <sighs> okay, I think it's like the marching band theme of, of the school here. Okay, I don't know if I can go as granular as marching band, but I'll get an orchestra playing something <laughs> <Okay>. classical here. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were actually going to change it. So this is just sort of surrounding Jebediah as you're all going through this adventure. Do um, we hear this too, or is it just Jeb that hears this? You can all hear it, but it's following Jeb around. It gets louder <laughs> if he gets closer and softer uh, if he gets further I away. I hear you guys. I'm going to spend uh, both my turns trying to find Jeb. Okay, you follow the music and you're able to find him. You wrap him in a bear hug just as he becomes visible with this music playing. <laughs> I got you, buddy. Oh, you did it. Alan, what are you doing? Alan uh, just like probably draws a weapon, probably draws his greatsword, and it's just like he doesn't look like he's about to hurt anybody but he just like is in combat mode suddenly like his stance is just like he was in raging mode and he, but his eyes are kind of shifting around and his voice is still his normal voice he's like this isn't quite right i don't what i this must be this must have to do with, with at that with moment the, the next 10 char the next four oh, of the 10 charges down. impact things let's see what happens Fox, <laughs> for the next five minutes, when you try to speak, only bubbles come out of your mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I hope okay. you write your bubbles. Um, Jeb, I need you to make a save. You can pick the ability mod you want to use. There's so much magic that it doesn't really make any sense to like lock you into one. I got a 13. Uh, your 13 is enough, and you dive out of the way just in time as Fireball goes off just a little Whoa. ways from where you are. And because that... you dove out of the way while hugging Zoth, you pull him <laughs> to the side as well. So it's like you saw the necklace of Fireballs falling through the air, and you were like, get out of the way, and everyone dove for cover. We end up in a twirly dance to the music. <laughs> I really wanted to roll this one, but I didn't want to fudge it. I promise the numbers lined up. Zofkug turns into a potted plant until the start of his next turn. <laughs> While a plant, you are incapacitated and have vulnerability to all damage. If you drop to zero hit points, you just revert to your normal form. You don't die. Dang. So Zoth and all his possessions just pop, and he's a potted plant. So as you lean, leap out of the way, Jeb, Zoth next to you is like, what is? And then turns into a plant. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I think I think we were spinning like dancing. So now Jeb's like dancing with him spinning around, and he's just a potted <laughs> plant. <laughs> Owlin, roll a d10. Okay. Eight. Eight. Okay. You get eight years older. Just Whoa. all like magically. It just happens. You're eight years older. Alan will just look at his hands and himself and I is there any way to deact temporarily deactivate your, your magical effects, Jeb? This is quite a lot. I can try. Whoa. You look a little uh wrinkly around the eyes. Uh, well, I, I, I think I may have aged <laughs> um, magically, it seems. I feel old. <laughs> How old are you? Well, before I was, Jake tries to remember Alan's age. Um, I didn't write it on his character sheet. You were in your did. 20s before I remember, so you're probably I, in your okay. 30s now. Well, uh, before I was uh, what I would consider... Uh, prime like just after prime military age now i'm closer to middle-aged i would guess box the bubbles Ooh. last for 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> all right well i can i can try turning it off and i'll i'll deactivate the rod all right you deactivate the rod trevor roll me a die matt tell me if it needs to be even or odd for him to stop odd. both effects okay if it's odd you stop both effects if it's even you only stop one of them the other one goes off because there's two left i rolled a one so you stop both other effects so you hear very like faint ephemeral doot doot as the other two remaining magic missiles thud into the debris, but no new magical effects happen. The ones that have already happened do not undo. So Fox is still bubbly for 10 minutes. <laughs> Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Oh, yeah. You were only a plant for one round, okay. so that undoes now. <laughs> Was I a conscious and, plant? Uh, yeah, you were conscious. You were just, I mean, you couldn't move, but you were conscious. So you know what happened around you. Uh, a little um, aside about uh, Alan's age. Alan was actually 36, so now oh, he is... Dang, he's like uh, 40. 44. Cool. So you're like my age now. Yeah, I, this is quite This is quite interesting. I, I This was not expected. <laughs> What's it like to adventure with your peers, Jeb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, enjoy the back pain. You just It's just going to be a thing. <sighs> Man. I wish I was Chat a added to again. the tension pool. We're up to three. <laughs> That I'm going to turn cool, the guys. rod back on. You should on. try it. Um, um, I, okay, you turn the rod back on. No new magical effects take place at this particular moment. You do hear something else moving in the rubble. It's not speaking or anything. It sounds like a little creature clambering around. Little bits of rubble are falling. Could I go investigate? Absolutely. You go investigate and you find a Zorbo. And if you're not familiar with what a Zorbo is, you should Google one because I didn't prepare an image for the stream Alrighty. tonight. Uh, it is a small Ewok looking fellow. Um, but a little bit meaner and with the rat from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beard. Uh, that's the best way I could describe a Zorbo to you. Alrighty. It is, it is climbing over the debris, almost like it's peeking its head out from underneath somewhere where that it took cover. It looks at you and you look at him and it goes. Zoth is going to take a little bit of ration and hold it out in his palm. It very like tentatively, you know, comes towards you and sniffs towards you. Roll animal handling. It sniffs towards the food you're holding out. That sniffing though. Nine. <laughs> Wing badger ASMR. Okay. <laughs> it 
snaps out and takes a bite at the food. It does get some of your hand as well, but you're pretty sure it didn't mean to. It just was trying to take the ration and run away with it. Mm-hmm. You take 1d6 of damage. That's oh, and I rolled a six. Aww. You take six points of damage Dang, as it ouch. bites you on the hand, takes the food, and um, scampers away into into the distance. Do the rest of us see this? Yeah, you saw it. Bye, little fella. Sorry to spook you. We, I'm, uh, he, he did not seem as though he meant us harm, but we may need to be careful, as I kind of said before, exploring this area. So it's just going to wrap his hand. Do you recognize this? Like, do those things used to be around here when this place was, you know, like, is this somebody's pet's ancestor or something? Lore question. Josh, was that where Zorbo was a thing? No. I mean, Zorbo's okay. existed, but it's not like it, was, it wasn't mm. a pet or anything. It has probably moved That's in since the thing fell. They like dark, damp places. So, uh, and uh, more likely just to be a uh, a creature that has moved into here since it's become a convenient environment for it. Um, what do you think, Fox? Should we go after it? <laughs> so, uh, the, I just I love to see hey, it. What's wrong with Fox, man? Brad, the homunculus winged badger, uh, will uh, fly around and pop his bubbles as they uh, okay. float up into the air. Zoth yeah, like will just join playfully. him in popping the bubbles. Easily pops all the bubbles. Fox, if you can say my name, I'll give you all my wingle digits. Ah, uh, too bad. <laughs> uh, as you're kind of standing around trying to mentally recenter after the chaos that was all the things that just happened, um, Owlin, you're the first one to notice that um, you are standing, you know, it's obviously still at an angle, but you are standing on one of the windows of a bedroom in the barracks. Like, you know, it's a paned window. Um, but through it, you can see the nameplate on the inside of the door says Makar Pedrin. This was once he became ah. a guild initiate. This was mm-hmm. Makar's room. Obviously, there are none of his things in it now um, because like or I guess there are his old things from when he like fled the tower. But there's none mm-hmm. of his like, you know, recognizable possessions because he would have had them on him. But there's, you know, spare sets of clothes and, you know, little tools and things like that in there. There's, you know, little journals that he was probably, I don't know, scratching out notes and mm-hmm. stuff in. Alan will 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 point it out in like a fun way of like you know when you're like showing your friends mm-hmm. a thing from your your, your childhood. Uh, yes, uh, if you guys look down here briefly, this is actually quite um, a coincidence that this is. I forgot that his room was right on this level right here. Um, but Makar's uh, stud- quarters when he was uh, studying here are right right in there. It's your old stomping grounds. Yes, exactly. Um, in fact, uh, uh, my. I have a great memory of that roof that we climbed up um, and that vent uh, from hiding from him oh. for hide and seek. Uh, did, that, uh, did you win? So. That girl that Makar ended up marrying, did she, was she living around here as well? Oh, yes, yes. They were both studying here. Yes. Um, but yes, I did win uh, with the help of Garlo. Oh. In fact, it was uh, quite, quite a, a story that not many believed uh, when I told it afterwards. Well, you um, can tell us, man. I'll believe you. A, a, quite happy memory for me oh he just i was hiding from from makar and went up to the roof and garlel happened to be there and he just picked me up and flew me into the sky yes it was quite amazing he was um very kind very kind very um a, a bit a bit mischievous in in a in a, a childlike way, but mm. in a in a good natured way, like um, in, a, in an old wizened sort of way. Yes, but all but not old. Mm. Um, cool, uh, calm. Uh, couldn't 
couldn't be bothered, but in a, but in a, in a don't worry about it kind of way, not in a, not in a dismissive way. All the more reason to save a man. Exactly. Yeah. Those I are agree. soft vibes. If I ever heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is all of your passive perceptions? 13, mm. 18, 12, 10, whoever had the 18, you notice something kind of squelching along the floor towards you. Um, some, some kind of ooze now, because you're in basically darkness, um, with just a tiny bit of dim light, you can't make out colors. So you don't know what particular color of ooze it is, but this is a sentient ooze of some kind that is slinking along in your direction. Is it coming from the bedroom or from the room we're currently in? Just from the pile of, of stuff, Okay, you know, the storeroom. I'll uh, point it out. Um, guys, there's something uh, oozing towards us. I'll deactivate the rod. Uh, the ooze continues moving. Okay, I'll reactivate it. If, if we move, are we moving away from it if we continue to move the way we're trying to get to? Yeah, if you continue going deeper into the tower, you can, I mean, it only moves 10 feet, so you can just go around it. Like, its speed let's, is only yes, 10 feet. Let's, let's, just, let's just outrun it then. Okay, yeah, let's go. Not Come right, on, Fox. You step around the ooze, uh, avoiding a little combat. You make your way <laughs> down towards the cafeteria um, because that's the next room. So you, it, obviously, it's not quite vertical stairs, but you sort of balance your way down the half staircase that leads to the cafeteria from here. You open the door and Alan, you're hit with all the nostalgia of actually good food in this cafeteria. <laughs> and also that one time that Mr. Baxter threw a chair at a construct, you thought he was throwing <laughs> it at you abandoned tables scattered around you, broken wood and benches, the food area. Obviously the food long decayed is at the top of the tower where it's laying and then at the bottom of the tower, basically along what is now the floor, is an upright piano that has kind of slid down there and, you know, fallen into the corner. And then, like, some of the benches and things have all kind of landed down at the the lower end of this. It should be fairly easy to pick your way across, um, but it would not be... Like, it would be very difficult to get to the top because there's nothing between. Like, everything... It, this this space, unlike the pile before, this is just a floor covered in rubble and obstacles. This is not um, the same as anything else. I'm going to clear the tension pool of three die to see if anything Ooh. happens. Hey, Alan. Uh, yes? I don't want to make this place about me or anything, but I am curious if this place is, like, a place to study magic and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Do you know if there would be any like a library that might house spells that I could record in my, uh, in my book. Oh yes. Easily. The library is the half that you'd been to, like you were allowed into as a child and stuff, Alan, you spent tons of time yeah. there. It's the lower half of the tower. Yes. It's uh, we, we will easily reach the library as we continue down. It, it actually makes up as far as like, if you, if you divide the building into sections of like, what is what it makes up the majority of the tower. Mm, I so. would love to be able to add some more stuff to my repertoire, something for us to take advantage of. If it's, if it's, if it's convenient for us to do it on the way, I believe that that would be a great idea. Um, as so, who's uh, leading the way as you're walking down, I assume Alan can keep, can keep leading the way. Right. Um, so what you were describing earlier, basically Josh, if I'm not mistaken, means it'll be fairly easy to cross downwards. Just like coming back up will be more difficult. Yeah coming back up like you'll have to climb across all of the rubble and stuff so it'll be more like um somewhere between a really intense hike and a fairly standard climb 
okay. will be coming back up. So probably like if you were going to put a number on it in terms of difficulties <laughs> and stuff, like you'd probably, I mean, arbitrarily basically, you know, out of 20, you'd probably call it like a 13 okay. you know, ah. to get, to get back up. Yeah. It's a little bit harder than average, but not like undoable. That is a very uh, specific yet convenient uh, rating skill you just used. Yeah, <laughs> I just figured, you know, Outland's a numbers guy, right? He's an engineer. For sure. Outland, as you're leading the way, you, as you approach the piano, you hear a note played on the piano. Actually, everyone hears it, but Outland is closest, so he notices it first. It's a single note, and you hear a voice humming, hmm, ding, 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 almost like they're tuning to the piano. But you don't see anyone over there, and there's nothing moving on the piano. What are you doing? Outland will, like, motion for everyone to stop the ghost surreal what note is it it's an a 440 hertz <laughs> i like how you knew that instantly nerd <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like my piano knowledge like... that makes me the nerd i'm running a 3d interactive dungeons and dragons <laughs> campaign on twitch right now but my piano knowledge that's what that's right. got me yeah <laughs> alan will call out who we, we we come in in peace as to not to disturb anything in this sacred tower uh may i ask who is here so you just are like standing where you are and calling out yeah okay um you don't hear any voice in reply but you do begin to hear the soft sounds of piano music owlin i would like you to roll a constitution save oh no uh 11 plus 5 16 16 you feel really sleepy um mm. and the rest of you know that he hasn't fallen asleep but you are for the next minute it's as if you have one level of fatigue so basically Ooh. disadvantage on everything um you just feel really woozy and sleepy do i recognize Going, that something's wrong though yeah like, like you recognize something's off um zothkug yes roll a constitution save Ooh, uh, i'm good at those <laughs> <laughs> 10 so he says Zothkug, just as you begin to register that Owlin looks sleepy, you hear the same piano music that he was hearing. It now begins in your head, and you fall asleep. Zothkug just slowly kind of sways on the spot. He doesn't fall over. It doesn't hurt him or anything like that, but he he just falls asleep. I'm going to grab Jeb by the shoulders and, and be like... I don't know what you're saying, man. Something is something's wrong here. Something's magical. Alan, I'd like you to roll another constitution save. Now at disadvantage because of your Ooh. Uh disadvantage? Dang it. Yeah. Uh 13. Okay. You've passed this one. You're just hanging on to awakeness. And as you step back from the piano and passes off to where Jeb and Fox are standing, the music begins to fade from your mind. You still feel a bit woozy. Jeb has his hand up. Yes, I would Jeb. like to, to reach into my little burlap sack and pull out one of the things that I bought back at the town. I got a okay. horn and I'm just going to start blaring into it off key. Like Jeb doesn't know how to play this thing, but like to try and disrupt the music, just be like, I'm going <laughs> to take advantage of this by slapping Zoth and hopes the combination will wake him. Okay, as you walk <laughs> towards Zothkug, you begin to hear piano music play in the back of your head. Play a, play a constitution save. Make a constitution play save. Play a constitution save. 
playing Constitution With boys. advantage. Uh, hey, Johnny, horror. play the one about a Constitution save. Ah, that one's uh, number 17. Number 17. <laughs> you are not affected by it. Poor Alan was one number off. You are not affected as you walk towards Ooh. Zoth. You rear back to slap your hands and Jeb is blowing on the horn, and all of a sudden, Zoth, you wake up with a start, and you take nine points of necrotic oh. damage as all the nightmares that just shot through your head suddenly feel real as you look around. Psychic damage, not necrotic. Oh. As you look around, it looks for just a moment like all of your nightmares became real, and then you like blink and shake your eyes, and it's just Fox in front of you. I look around to make sure that it wasn't real. It wasn't real. Fox is still bubbles. What just happened, man? <laughs> I, it's the piano music. It's doing I, something to yes, our heads. It's magical. Is not. It's not good. Um, I I don't I don't know. Do if I still it hear the music? Has no, to do with you the no piano hear the music. And for Alan, it's starting to wear off. Alan, basically, it was going to last three minutes. So, I. I don't know if it has to do with the piano itself or if it's some sort of spirit. Can I roll an arcana to figure I, out what it might should, be? What might absolutely. Have should I just put the rod away, guys? I, I got a 15. I'm not sure. You got a 15. Okay. This is actually, this is the perfect thing for Zoth to start deducing because Zoth, you've heard of uh, this happening with divine magic before where when there is a great concentration of magic and a great concentration of either good or evil in one place, Sometimes these things that are kind of referred to in the cleric world as haunted traps will pop up where it's a trap that can only be dispelled by like a remove curse or by a blessing or, or whatever. Um, you know, if it's a, a good one, then you would go the other way. You would use some kind of evil spell to remove it. This seems to be the same effect only in the arcane where it's almost like perhaps because of the amount of just absolute cataclysm combined with the concentration of magic. You know, there was an avatar in this tower who was presumably trying to magic at the time, you know, this huge expenditure of stuff reaching out for the weave and there was no weave there for it. It would have just concentrated into little, almost like little balls of energy that are just waiting to be activated. And so it is likely that as you got closer, the reason this one became activated is because it came into contact with the weave that is in the rod of many parts. Oh man, uh, I think that that helped me put this place into perspective. Um, I think that uh, all the 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 when when this place went down, everyone was trying to to cast magic, at, you know, and and save save, but there was no weave to to activate. So there was this sort of energy dispelled with nowhere to go. And so when we bring our own personal weave here, it's sort of reactivating all that energy that was collected similar to what we kind of feared jeb with uh, the effects could we somehow i mean harness this like could i turn the rod off run a detect magic to find where it is and see if we can channel this pocket of magic into like a cipher or Wouldn't something you need the rod on to cast detect magic i'll add a die to the tension pool i mean i can i can do it without well actually i don't know if i can Hmm. Fox is going to pull out a, I haven't tried have a to, scroll of detect magic. I haven't tried. Well, <clears throat> no, I mean, it's just a spell. I haven't. Oh. DM, I'm going to try something. Uh huh. I'm going to deactivate the rod and then I'm going to try and cast message through my blunderbuss. Just send a short little message to Alan. We're like, 
hey, can you hear this in your head? And shoot the message to him. Owlin, you hear nothing in your head. I, I, I heard nothing. So why did it why did it work back at Tumbleweb and in the Underdark, but not here? I'm not quite sure. Could it have maybe the maybe the sacrium in the ground? Perhaps. Or maybe up here, because of all the expended energy, it sort of acts as interference. Also uh, perhaps. Okay. Well, we have to decide then. Whether we turn this, uh, yeah, no bubbles. Yeah, that's a good point. We need to determine whether we want to try and face these traps and potentially be aware of possibly good magic stuff that we could use to our advantage. Like, we didn't even look through that pile of broken stuff back there. There might have been something good in there. Uh, yes, there is lots of good healing equipment and uh, things over there that we didn't even go after that may have been an, over an oversight on my part. I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't think about it either, but it's like, so if I leave the rod off, like, I'm not, I'm going to be kind of useless to you guys. Um, and that's fine. Isn't I it? will too. I'll be less useful with it off. But we just kind of need to decide whether we flip it off now or whether we want to brave these traps and stuff. It may be a situation where um, it may be we keep it off until we need it, if that, if that makes sense. Mm, do like a spot check, like pop, pop to see what happens. Possibly, or just keep it off until there's a situation where it's like, oh, uh, it would be extremely convenient to, to use our magic now. Uh, perhaps mm. a dangerous or emergency situation. We should probably light a torch for Fox then. Sorry, it's relevant to this conversation. So I'm going to add a detail that I probably should have given Zoth to start with, but I forgot in my exposition about how haunted traps work. Haunted traps, there's always a sign first. Like something emanates out of the trap to cue you that like, oh, something, something's about to go off here. Like in this case, you were hearing the pianist like checking that the note was in tune. There's some kind of sensory effect. So if you're looking for it, you can, you know, oh, that's a thing. And you have a full round, like, you know, you have six to 10 seconds to react when that happens. Oh, there's something I forgot, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um, there's usually... With this kind of thing, at least with uh, generally like um, these things happen um, like from for, for spirits and stuff that there's usually a sign before something happens. And um, also with uh, this sort of divine magic and stuff, it tends to be like evil or good spirits. And you can usually like you know, remove the curse, you could sort of bless the area and turn it from, like, an evil spirit into a good spirit, or just help it pass along. This, this seems on. to be more arcane in nature, though, as you explained earlier. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if there was, like, a equivalent in the arcane of, like, converting energy. Positive and negative energy or something? Well, if, Yeah, transferring from negative to If positive. what you were saying is true about the warning sign, perhaps the best uh, policy could be that we... Honesty. Well, yes, that is a good policy. Um, but also that we continue with the rod on, but as soon as we encounter a warning sign, we f we switch it off. Okay. Or we just figure it out and see if like it's something we could uh, use or correct. Perhaps, but it may it may be it, I, I, like as I say before, if it's arcane, I don't know if there's much correction that can necessarily happen. Or it, it is an interesting, intriguing concept though, so maybe good to Amen. explore. Um, but it may be simpler at a certain point to just turn off the rod. Well, I'll the keep my... The best way to fight a negative is a positive. I'll keep my finger on the trigger then to uh, to turn it off. We gotta send positive energy to it. 
and then it knows. I'm not sure if that's quite the solution necessarily. Um, but what would entail sending positive energy, if I may ask? Uh, hey, Fox. I mean, I have some healing spells. I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't understand a word you're saying. Hey, Bubbles. I have an inspiration hey, hey, Bubbles, for that Thumbs pun. up or down for right on or off, man. Podcast listeners, he has given a thumbs down. <laughs> then he has crossed his legs. Crossed his legs, crossed his arms. What am I saying? <laughs> I had one job. Josh, how can you see his legs? <laughs> I can't. I'm just making it up. I'm building the environment as I go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> go ahead, Jeff. Emergent storytelling. Do we want to go back and check that other room? Kill that little ooze thing and see if we can like, like I have, find some goodies? Like, I have the spells of guidance and mending, you know? Maybe that's, like, positive enough. Uh, I guess if we were to go back to the room and gain equipment, uh, now would be a better time than later. Um, I, I, I can... do wish that we would have done that before. Yeah. Um... I guess we would have to fight Surprise, the ooze. Fox didn't, didn't loot. He loves loot. Yeah, for and real. He may have been distracted by the bu was bubbles. Yeah. I, I accept um, your apology, Fox. That's really nice of you to like open your heart up to us and everything. That's it's very uncharacteristic. We got some growth going on, some real feelings. Yeah. Also, how bad would it look for our company if we did not loot? That's fair. Let's go. While we explored. The Zoth sold me. Let's because go. As you turn around to go back, I'm going to clear the tension pool to see if anything... Um, gets triggered when you re-enter that room because that room's a bunch of just like magic items so they wouldn't be like these turn these off haunted the echo I've got my hand on the trigger as you step into the room as you step into the room only one thing gets activated and happens before Jeb is like switch off the rod something was happening and like turns it off only one effect happens I'm going to roll to see what it is Ooh. Fox's last effect is permanent <laughs> Can you imagine if Fox's last effect was permanent? I mean, Alan is eight years that older. That happened since like season one, episode three. <laughs> I need to make sure I don't cheese this. I'm going to roll a D4 to see which one of you it targets. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just trying to be honest here. I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm honest. I gotcha. That's an eight, which goes the whole way to the side, makes it Trevor that gets targeted. By remove curse, Trevor, oh. you're green again. I'm green Whoa. again. Zodkug's colors can't be fixed except by remove curse. Whoa. And it's been that way for a whole season and a half. Zodkug suddenly gets all his colors back. Who am I, man? <laughs> okay, so it's important. That is actually quite incredible. Josh, it's important. Is it still yeah. dark enough here that we're only looking with dark vision and we can't tell yet? Oh my yeah. gosh. None of you know. <laughs> no, we don't right. know. Oh my gosh. Nothing so Zod, happened. you just get hit by like a, a little magical poof in the chest, but nothing seems to be wrong with you. You all right? Did you guys know what that was? No, I don't know. I no. couldn't move fast enough to stop. I uh, feel fine. Huh? Hmm. Nothing nothing feels different. Well it said some of the some of those Alan said some of the stuff in here was like restorative. Maybe it was like a, a yeah, like perhaps. a heal spell and you're like not injured, so mm. it's quite possible. I am injured. <laughs> Oh, you are? I've uh, been bitten. Oh, that's I've true. I've been uh, a mind attack. Did it heal your hand? I Well, let, I say let's not let's not daily no. dally in this mm. room too long uh, as that ooze is probably still oozing around a little bit. So let's just I'm take what we need uh, and go. About half capacity, if I had to guess. Okay. Alan is going to start taking gonna stuff because he, yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he remembers the ooze. Yeah. I would like also, to screw uh, the things at random. No, he, he's not Scrooge McDucking the pile. He's sifting through trying to find things that look like useful also josh yep i'm gonna use a healing kit on myself i'm gonna scrooge mcduck the pile and heal a little bit 
I'm looking for anything that is not broken. Uh, how are you going to carry what? Yeah, how are you going to carry what you take, Jeff? I have a backpack. I'm just trying to figure out: Are you taking like? Because I mean, there are things in here that are gigantic, uh, and then there are things that are meant to be carried by a single person. So when you Scrooge, sure. there's. So here's the thing: is that if it is, if it is, I'm looking for stuff that is not broken. Um, so if it is something that is small enough for me to like grab and put in my sack, then I'll do that. If it's if I run into something that's really big, I'll just point it out to the rest of the guys, and then we'll kind of like assess it and go from there whether we want to do something with it. Cool. Roll an investigation and Owlin, roll an investigation. I'm really good at that. I got a lot of health back. I'm feeling better. I'm happy for you. Dirty 20. I got a 16 plus 6, which is a 22. So both of you rolled really high. So we're going to find four items for each of you. For each of us. And I've got some tables here of of things. Yep. Each of you is going to find four things. Please be a little mini golem that can drive our Let's cypher truck. Here. Please be a little mini golem that can drive our cypher truck. <laughs> the first thing you find. Ooh, we got a boon too. Boon the uh, jet. Ooh. Oh, you got a boon. How about we let Fox also roll to loot then? Okay. And we'll add. Um, uh, what's that roll again? Investigation. Uh, that is a 16. 16. All right. That's going to add three more items to the tally because I was just doing it in quarters. Yeah. So also, uh, Alan is having Brad patrol the room for the ooze. Brad, Brad is the badger. Alan named him Brad. Bradger. Yeah. Okay. Bradger. Yep. Bradger. Um, cool. So Brad is just flitting around the room. Yep. Really? He's just like playing around. Having Brad's a Chad old time. Yep. Um, little, little dude. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Brad. Um, okay. The first thing you find, Jebediah, we'll go, we'll go in order down the line here. So we'll go Jeb, Owl, and Fox, and we'll do that each time. Jeb, the first thing you come across is a ring of protection. Ooh. You gain a plus one bonus to AC and saving throws while wearing this ring. That's a good one. The next thing we find here, Owlin, mm-hmm. you find a rope that is 30 feet long. It weighs about three pounds. It is a rope of entanglement. Oh. If you hold one end of the rope and you use an action to speak its command word, the other end darts forward to entangle a creature you can see within 20 feet of you. The target must succeed on a DC 15 dexterity throw or become restrained. Nice. Box. Mm-hmm. Your first item. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. The bubble wand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can he speak yet? It's been like a while. He will get. He will have his sight back by the end of this. No, yes. speaking. My sight? That's what I, I, <laughs> you got I see bubbles? Yeah, you'll have, your, you'll have your words back. You can words again soon. It's almost time for the words. It's almost word time. I'm not ready for it. Fox, you come across a pair of manacles. Um, they are adamantine in construction, Ooh. and they are called dimensional shackles. You can use an action to place these on an incapacitated creature. The shackles adjust to fit a creature of small to large size. In addition to serving as mundane manacles, the shackles prevent a creature bound by them from using any method of extra dimensional movement, including teleportation or travel to a different plane of existence. They don't prevent the creature from passing through an interdimensional portal. That's cool. Yep. Very cool. You lock someone to a plane. Keep a wizard from teleporting away. Yeah. Jeb, the next thing you find is more healing kit. You find a glamoured studded leather in Jeb's size. Uh, While wearing this armor, you gain a plus one bonus to AC. You can also use a bonus action to speak the armor's command word and cause the armor to assume the appearance of a normal set of clothing or some other kind of armor. You decide what it looks like, including color, style, and accessories, but the armor retains its normal bulk and weight. 
The illusory appearance lasts until you use this property again, remove the armor, or until someone disbelieves the illusion. We're going to talk about how Jeb's like getting all of the AC items. Um, He's going to become like an AC monster. It. I am rolling them randomly, so sometimes that kind of stuff happens here. He needs it. Uh, Alan, you actually just got a really good one. Another one. Bracers of defense. Oh, While wearing so these good. bracers, you gain a plus two bonus to AC if you were wearing no Whoa. armor and using no shield. That works super well because I don't do that. Bracers of what? Sorry. Defense. Sweet. Fox's second item is a 47. I would like some more, please. You find a potion of growth. When you drink this potion, you gain the enlarge effect of the enlarge reduce spell for 1d4 hours. No concentration required. Solid. Okay. The ability of your shapeshifter to also change his size class is a huge deal. And, and it changes to like one bigger. Yeah. One class larger. So your medium, you would become large. So you could masquerade as two of your party members. <laughs> And if you become large, you could become large. Mm, large. Wow. Good large. <laughs> Good large. Yes. Jeb. Yes. You find you find a helm of comprehending languages. While wearing this helm, <laughs> ah. you can use an action to cast the comprehend languages spell from it at will. That's nice. Very nice. That'll be useful. It's funny because he already has comprehend languages. That's why I laughed when I saw it. Yeah, that's not useful for me. You could give it to someone who doesn't. It's true. It's true. Don't worry. Jeb's making plans. Like he's Scrooge McDucking and finding these things. <laughs> this is your third item, right? Alan? Yes. Okay. You and Jeb each have found three so far. Um, this small packet contains one D six plus four pinch. It. Let me just roll that five plus four, nine pinches of dust. You can use an action to sprinkle a pinch of it over water. The dust turns a cube of water 15 feet on a side into one marble sized pellet, which floats or rests near where the dust was sprinkled. The weight is negligible. Someone can use an action to smash the pellet against a hard surface, causing the pellet to shatter and release the water it absorbed. Doing so ends its magic. Um, that is called the dust of dryness, and you have nine charges of it. Some cool stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Fill the ocean with it. Box, this is your <laughs> third and final item. <gasps> Drinking water, too. Okay. You found a potion of greater healing. 4d4 plus 4 hit points when you drink this potion. That is your third and final item. 4d4 plus 4? Yep. Four, 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 four. Okay. Jebediah, your final item. You find a jar of ointment called mm. Keotome's Ointment. As an action, one dose of the ointment. Oh, let me find out how many doses you have. Only one, sorry. Um, -do. One dose of the ointment can be swallowed or applied to the skin. The creature that receives it regains 2d8 plus 2 hit points, ceases to be poisoned, and is cured of any disease. Yep, it's good stuff. So you have one, like, it, you know, max revive, basically. Um, and okay. Owlin, your final magical item that you find. Glad we went back, guys. Yeah. Me too. The one it gave you was dumb and already exists in this world differently, so I'm rolling a different one for you. Nice. <laughs> okay. This Solid. is this is to your benefit, not to your detriment. So I'm just gonna do it. I appreciate that. Yep. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> Nobody appreciates it. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish appreciation. You find a scimitar of speed oh. uh, requires attunement. Actually, I didn't check the attunement properties on these, so some of them may require attunement. I don't remember. Um, but you gain a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. In addition, Dang. you can make one attack with it as a bonus action on each of your turns. Whoa. It's a finesse weapon, so okay. you can choose strength or dex. You're a barbarian. You're going to use strength. Um, and it deals yeah. uh, straight 1d6 slashing damage. Okay, interesting. So, well, I assume plus, but it's plus your, two. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. So, um, 
That's ah, your that's your magic items that everyone found. Quite interesting. Now <clears throat> we found four rounds of items. So I'm gonna put four die in the tension pool and then I'm gonna roll it. Because that's a long time we spent searching through the pile here. It's been a long day. It's and been keep a in while. mind, I had uh, I had Brad patrolling. Yep. All right, guys, I've uh, finished patching myself. Let's look for items. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Several things happen. Oh no, Zothkug! While you're sitting and patching yourself up, you notice a torn scrap of fabric on just like the closest pile of like the closest part of the pile of debris and you're like making bandages. You're like, maybe this will work for me. It's not quite long enough, but as you're looking at it, you recognize the embossed logo of private security goons TM. Oh no. It is also not dusty or worn enough to have been here since the tower fell. You know that it is fairly new. The other thing that happens is while Jeb is Scrooge McDucking, he also Scrooge McDucks up some sentient gray ooze ah. and the sentient gray ooze is going to make an attack against you. Mista Jebediah. Miska, Muska, Mickey, Mickey Jeb. Oh. Uh, it rolled a 15 to hit. Does that hit you? Oh, yes. Well, actually. Is it before or after the AC items? <laughs> Hold on. Well, I wouldn't be able to don. You said 15? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't be able to don the armor, but. The ring of protection wouldn't bring it up either. Okay. It hits you for six bludgeoning damage as it like basically contracts and expels some of the debris up into you. And then it also hits you for some acid damage. It hits you for another six points of acid damage and the acid begins to eat very corrosively away at like the shoulder of your jacket. It doesn't ruin it. It's not like in tatters, but it begins to like burn a clear hole through it. Oof. Ouch. Right in my acid. <laughs> Ow. Um, I'm going to try use my action if I can to like disengage from it and move away. Okay. So you will say, I'm trying to think. So you're laying down like Scrooge McDucking. Well, I guess laying and sitting are the same for you, really, because at your height. He's crawling. Yeah, so, He's used to yeah. so maybe you like, throw yourself to the side and like roll away from it. Does that seem like a thing he would do? Um, either that or he could like water spout out the top, just like. Oh, I see what you're saying. He like takes up the pile and shoop. that's way funnier. I like that yep. image better. Jeb shoots out the top of the, the pile of debris with like a little yow and kind of lands and it's not up there with you anymore. You left it behind. So that, that ends the encounter, but Jeb man, you okay? No, no, that ooze thing got my burn a hole in my jacket. That's, that's what I feared. I I think it's time for us uh, to head back to the magic. The the, the rod's still on, right? Yeah, we got it on. Would you mind mending this for me? Last I heard you switched it off because we triggered a magical effect when you came into the room. Right? You said you were ah. waiting for any magic to switch it off? Yes, I believe that is what happened. Oh, okay. Well, okay. yeah. You can switch it back off. I'm just going to roll on the table again to see if... Uh, what I what I on. would recommend before... Alan will like be like, uh, 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 before we do that, um, I would recommend passably passing the piano again with the rod off, keeping the rod off until then, and then uh, possibly turning it back on to, to check mending. Dang, that burns. I think it got my fur. It'll be okay, man. I'll, well, I'll we'll get it fixed. It okay. Let's uh let's go to the cafeteria and uh I got some stuff I want to show you guys that I found and then we'll uh we'll go past the piano and keep digging down. But yep. I think we wanna we wanna look at some of this stuff. Good idea coming well, back here, Zoth. Fox, you can speak again. Fine, Jeb! Whoa, whoa, inside voice. <laughs> yeah, Jeb. Inside voice. Jeb, Jeb, I said your name. Jeb. I'm getting all your <laughs> digits. Nope. You, it was outside of the time limit. <sighs> Damn. <laughs>
You got to read the terms and conditions, man. You know this. That's right. Hey, uh, Zoth, I got some for you. Oh? Yeah, I got this helmet here. Um, lets you understand languages. Like, lets you, let you understand people and stuff. I can already do that with the rod. How do I look? Looks pretty dope on you. Ooh. How does he look, Dean? <laughs> uh, roll a charisma check. God awful. <laughs> I got a seven. Oh, this thing looks cool, y'all. Oh, no. <laughs> it does not look cool. It looks cool, but it is like way too small for him. So it sits on top of his head instead of actually covering his head like a helmet. Like, it just it's like the little yarmulkes where it like it just <laughs> attaches to a little piece of his head. It like goes over his bun, right? Like he has yeah. his hair pulled up in that like warrior's bun. Um, it goes over that. So it's cool looking, but comically small on Zoth's head. Nice. Uh, it looks it looks decorative. I'll take it. Kind of an Uncle um, Iroh flair to that. Fox, uh, yes. um, I've got some leather armor. For you, do, do you do you have do you wear armor? I, I mean, I do under these. And I like, but shift like, a shirt. is it like just regular leathers or is it like studded or something? This stuff's studded here. You know, I I don't think this is studded. I think it's just or you know boring, normal, non magical. Here, slip out of that. Here, I'll I'll help you into this stuff. Uh, yeah. And Jeb holds up like this little gnome sized. <laughs> Leather studded um, armor. I can't wear this thing. Like I can't cast spells in I when I wear this stuff. Think but it, I'm gonna fit in that. Well, it sh it should resize to fit you. You you, you sure? Like, normally stuff that yeah. Well yeah. Well see, it's got a glamour enchantment on. It. Normally stuff that's enchanted will resize to fit the wearer. All right. Um, so like the last dude that wore this was probably like a gnome or something. But it's got a glamour charm on it, which means that you can change the what the clothes look like. So I'm thinking this is perfect for you. You change how you look like and you change your clothes. You know those times in the past oh. where you've like shapeshifted into somebody, but your okay. uniform wasn't different. Now you can like change the glamour to have it, it like change to your you. clothes Here, to look that's like. That's so cool. Hand, hand that yeah. over and uh, let me just, I'll, I'll, I'll duck behind this rock over here. We're all friends here, man. Yeah. It's nothing we haven't seen. Just <laughs> shapeshift yourself into a Kendo. That'd be fun. <sighs> I mean that's a good answer. Well, do you whatever, but anyway, this is this is for you. Yeah, this All is right. for you. I'm, I uh, undress uh, in Kendall fashion, <laughs> and uh, then attempt to squeeze one of my arms through one of the armholes. It resizes to fit you. Oh, oh, oh! This is yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, huh? okay, okay. Fox, what's the command word? What's your command word? Maybe you get to pick it. Ooh. Yeah, I I feel like it whispers in my mind. Speak the words. Ooh. And, uh... Whoa. It's, it's the tag on the back. It says Oshkosh Bagash. <laughs> mischievous. Hmm. Mischievous. And my clothes... Uh, the armor turns into what my normal clothes usually look like. Whoa, man. That's so cool. Nice. And it looks... I mean, this even looks better than my old shirt. Looking shiny like bubbles. Let's go. Brad the homunculus <laughs> shrugs his little wings like it looks the same to me. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Which in a way is actually a compliment to the uh, to the armor that it looks the same as it previously did. I like this. I, this is, this is, okay, Jeb. I, I guess I will not be taking all your wingle digits for saying your name. I, I'll, I'll let that one down. <laughs> well, uh, if, if that's all, I believe it. Would be convenient for us to pass the piano with the rod off, and Did then we can. Did you find anything, Alan? Uh, yeah, what'd mend. you guys find? Uh, well, I, I found I found a few things. I uh, 
I found some bracers of defense, Ooh. these guys, and I'll hold up his fists. And Ooh, nice. I, I already I already feel a bit more defended by these. I it's quite because it's it's magical, it feels quite more uh dependable than I I've just tried wearing armor in the past and you you guys have seen it. It just it's doesn't pretty constricting me. Yeah. It's it's I quite mean, constricting. This yeah, is much it better. Messes me up. I, I found this ring that gives me like one like one little bit more protection, which is kind of cool. This feels this feels similar to that. Um I also found uh, a rope uh, that seemed. I, I believe what it would do is um, it, it will it can entangle uh, people, creating difficult terrain. You know, with uh, around them, with like wrapping around them and such. Um, uh, I also found uh, this dust, which, if I'm not mistaken, I can use to essentially shrink water into pellets, mm. and then and then release the oh. water when I would like to, which is quite interesting. Uh, I think there could be a quite a lot of uh, yeah. like interesting applications of that. Um, and then finally, I found this, and he pulls out from his like behind his pack where his like uh, like next to his javelin, he'll pull out the scimitar. Um, it, this it feels, and he'll like kind of strike the air with it, and it, and it and it cuts through the air very quickly. It feels quite fast and quite dexterous, um, so I, I like that aspect of it. But I, I think, and he kind of moves it around, like it kind of feels unbalanced to him right now. He's like, I think I'll need some time to uh, well, I mean, to get used to it. If we're all gonna bring out all the stuff we found as we're walking and talking, uh, I think walking and talking while we do yep, this is good. I uh, found this thingamajig that locks peoples to planes of existence uh or something like that i don't know holy cow it's a really tiny script i can't really get a good read on it and uh a couple of potions this one's labeled big and this one's labeled health Mm. so can i can i see that for a second if i put them together will that make big health perhaps here, here, the big brain strat. You, uh, I hand him over to Jeb. Yeah, look at the. You can look at the potion. I take a taste of which one. The health one. You figure out what it is. Oh yeah, no this. Oh wow, this one would be really great for a pinch. This oh. one here. Okay. That's a that's a greater healing potion, and this one does like the the growing thing. You know, like when I use my growth spell. Oh. Yeah. All right. That's super useful. I hand them back. Well, I'll, I'll be hanging on to these. <laughs> Yeah. Good finds, everyone. Good finds. Don't use that during our next trust fall, please. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Where are we headed here? You head towards the door of the cafeteria, and I clear the tension pool from your time spent walking and talking. Walking. Yep, the rod is off. Walking The rod is off. All right. Do our magic items deactivate when the rod is off? Mm-hmm. Okay, that so I need sense. to mark my AC oh. on my ring of protection. Yeah, I guess is that's off. gonna get mathematically complex for you now. Sorry, I'm not that no, sorry. Right. You got a bunch <laughs> of cool magic items. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, it's how I do. Okay, you're approaching the double doors that Owlin you remember as a youngster pushing open and preparing to hide in the cafeteria. The ones that lead down to all the workrooms with their fascinating experiment chambers and. What not that space, by the way, is probably destroyed glass everywhere. I mean, it was a pillar suspended through the middle of the tower. Mm-hmm. So there's probably all kinds of wreckage down there. You have no idea what awaits you. Um, but you also hear something else that troubles you a little bit on the other side. You start to hear voices. You hear voices and footsteps, and it sounds like a lot of them. Uh, and people are yelling back to each other. You said you heard something back up this way? And someone else is going, yeah, man, I'm telling you, I heard something. We got to go check it out. You hear someone, you know, just some different sounds of people mustering and organizing. Alan's going to 
uh quickly go into military mode and he does he maybe doesn't realize that everyone else around him may not understand but he's gonna like do like a form up like get to the get, like like get behind, around the, the the walls and like get ready to sneak attack kind of hand motions and then get his get his sword out and like hide behind the like the door basically trying to position himself so that like they won't see them if they open the door but then they can get the sneak attack like the surprise round when they enter roll a charisma check with advantage i'm gonna roll i'm not gonna roll um each of the rest of you is going to roll a charisma check normally and if Alan rolls higher than you, then he then you understand what he's motioning. I got a nat 20. I got a nat 20. Well, what's your charisma bonus? A- attacker wins in a tie. So you understand what he's saying. Uh, Those I are got a 19. Rules. I got a two. <laughs> what a great set of rolls from everyone except Matt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you all understand perfectly what Alan is motioning to you. I go up against the wall behind the door next to Alan. Soldier stuff. I'm gonna post up behind Alan's calf. <laughs> I won't. I won't say anything. But I'll pull out the scrap I found and forgot to tell everyone about. Alan's pre-raging. Pre-raging. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> because Zoth didn't tell us. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you're all stacked up against the wall. I need the marching order here. Alan's yeah. in front. Who's right behind Alan? Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, Jeb said he was at Alan's calf. Oh yeah. So Jeb's next. Yeah. I think technically I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to take your turn. Jeb's next. Uh, then, <laughs> then Zoth. And then Fox? Yeah. Okay. So you guys yeah. are all stacked up at yeah, the door. As, we're, as like right when we get up, Zoth will just pull up the scrap and show everyone and just whisper, it's fresh. Does that matter now? Okay, so we know, we know it's uh, private security goons TM. Yep. And as you realize that it is at least one, maybe two bands of private security goons approaching you, we close this chapter of tonight's episode of the Wing Badger Tavern. No! We'll find out what happens next, next Monday. Why would you do this to me?